This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly, written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome to episode 83 of the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. This week, I sit down with Crystal Hurst. We discuss God's invitation to join Him in conversation. We also discuss how it is not obligatory, but relational. About midway through our conversation, Crystal begins to dive into how we feel and what we do when we begin to fall in love here on earth. The way she relates that relationship to how we interact with God just may be an aha moment for you. Before we begin, I have two things for you. First, I want to invite you to join the conversation we are having on Instagram and Facebook. I post questions that are often pertaining to that week's episode. I post quotes from our guests and personal stories of life as a podcaster, as a mom, as a wife, as a homeschooler, and as an apprentice of Jesus. You can join in by following Grace Enough Podcast underscore Amber. Second, I want to tell you about one of this week's sponsors, the Beloved Women's Online Conference. The conference is a one-day event filled with speakers, workshops, and worship to help refresh, refuel, and empower women like me and you. The mission behind Beloved Women is to replenish the women who do so much for their families and communities so that they can continue to build better futures for themselves and those they serve. If you're ready for a day of rest for your soul, peace for your mind, and hope for your journey, visit BelovedConference.org and register today for the conference that is taking place October 10th, 2020. Again, that's BelovedConference.org. With that, here is my conversation with Crystal Hurst, Episode 83, Conversations with Jesus. Good afternoon, Crystal. Thank you so much for being on the Grace Enough podcast today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Go ahead, take a moment, introduce yourself and your family, and tell everybody a little bit about what you do. Sure. Well, um, I am a mom of five. Two kids are grown. Three kids are still at home. Husband, I've been married for about 20 years. And over those 20 years, um, I have been a stay-at-home mom. I've been a homeschooling mom most of that time. I have been a work-at-home mom. So motherhood, obviously, is the theme of my life. Before I met my husband, I've never been an adult without being a parent. I was a single parent for 10 years. So motherhood is a big part of my story. And um, about... mm, 10 years ago, um, I got asked by my father, Dr. Tony Evans, to help him write a project. I didn't want to. I didn't have time. <laughs> so I have college and kindergarten happening in my house at the same time, you know, and ain't nobody got time for that. But Amen. he asked me, he asked me to help him out in a modified way, which I did. And once you have your name on a book, people assume that you have something to say. So then hence became um, my opportunity to speak and write. So I've written a few books now and I do... Um, speak away from home, but I'm still um, very much tethered to all things home, love serving in my church and um, with our women's ministry and beyond. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. And you have a conference as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so my 
for, per, for my personal efforts, um, there is an event that we did last year in person called the Sister Circle Retreat. Yeah. Um, this spring, we had planned to do an in-person event, and obviously that didn't work. So it became an online event, the Sister Circle Online. For my church, we do a big conference every year called Desperate for Jesus. I'm gearing up for that as well. I know. It's so interesting just thinking as we move forward, you know, I, it's so hard to plan because it feels like, okay, are we ever going to be able to meet in big groups again? <laughs> I know it makes it really hard to plan, but I mean, at some point you just have to look forward and with the information right. that you have, make a decision and just That's say, right. well, course correct if we have to, but we're just all doing the best we can out here. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Well, and you do come from a long line of believers. And so I always ask my guests to tell a little bit about their faith journey and Yours is obviously one I'm anxious to hear about just because your your family is well known as being Jesus followers and lovers. So tell us a little bit about how you came to know Jesus. Sure. Well, always being raised in a Christian home, I don't even remember the instance when I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart, but my mother did. And so she told me all the time. But that also meant when you are in churches, uh, I went to private school. We always had chapel where you're hearing about heaven and hell all the time. I probably recommitted my life like 13 times on top of that, just to be sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, right? Oh, amen, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I just have always really desired to please God. And then when I was not walking in ways that were pleasing to him, I was miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but my journey is um, a little different, I think, than... Um, well, I w- it may not be different, but it sometimes appears to be different from that of my siblings because when I was 19, I got pregnant. So um, that was how that single parenting came to be. Yeah. And so for me, a lot of my uh, calling, I think, too, is to reach, um, I always call on the female on the fringe, women on the fringes who don't want to be on the wrong side of God. But for whatever reason, um, they didn't know God very well. They weren't raised in a Christian home or they did. And then they just kind of got off track is to say, okay, since I don't really have to work that hard to hide that part of my life, I mean, she's my daughter's 28 now, what can I say to you about reconnecting with God? Because he's never stopped looking for you or chasing after you, but we kind of do that to ourselves. And so Mm. that's been a bulk of what I like to do, um, just in terms of ministering spiritually, is to say, hey, um, you over there, you know, that hadn't been to church in a while, or that you haven't cracked open the Bible in a while, or you haven't prayed, wonder where to start. Let me help you get back to him. And so that's kind of, I feel like a core of uh, my messaging is my relationship. I never wanted to be far. Um, I don't know that Adam and Eve did either, but there are things that we do that certainly drive a wedge between us and our relationship with God. But he's, he, he asks us in James to draw nigh to him yes. and he will draw nigh to us. And um, while he doesn't always wait for us to take the first step, often he is waiting on us. And so just to say, Hey, it's all right. He's there to stay connected keep talking. Well, and that's something we're going to talk about a little bit today is you have a new book coming out that really helps that person to just delve in a little bit more to how we communicate with God through prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's the name of, it's a journal, but you tell us before we get going. Sure. Um, It's um, the 28 day prayer journey. And basically I was struggling talking to God consistently and like most other things, if you go to Weight Watchers and you know somebody's going to look at the scale every week, you just, you're mindful of that, right? When you're eating. So I said, if I tell everybody that I'm going to do 28 days of prayer nonstop, 
And then I will post encouraging <clears throat> messaging on my Instagram for them to use for their own prayer. If I tell them, then I'll do it because they'll be watching to see if I do. And the goal was, was, you know, back then Instagram was chronological. So I could post on my feed and everybody would see it at the time that I posted it. Right. <laughs> and so I, I did that multiple times a day. I put that out there. And then when I was done, it just became evident, wow, this is, um, this is a lot of content. And so hence, you know, the long and short of it is there's a, there's a book with the goal being to give you prompts to pray, room to write, and um, areas of prayer that you may not have thought about in a while to, to include. Yeah, well, and tell us a little bit about just how prayer really changed you during a very difficult season, one of the hardest seasons of your life. Well, <clears throat> there's a couple because when I came up with that content, my, my mother had not passed away. Yeah. Um, so since then, that is certainly um, the most difficult. That's right. Um, but I will back up to, again, that season where I was a single parent. And one of the things that was meaningful to me about prayer in that season is I just learned to talk to God about everything in my car, of course, on my knees, at my desk at work. Um, you know, in the bed at night, it was just this ongoing conversation and connection with God. And just because there were so many things that were out of my control, so many things I couldn't handle, so many things that were overwhelming and I needed somewhere to go. And I realized then that prayer is not this formal thing. I mean, it can be, there's nothing wrong with that, but it is just this ongoing conversation that he's inviting us to have. So referencing that in terms of last year and my mother's passing, you know, when I think about the Psalms and what David did you know, in first Samuel, David tells Samuel, he's looking after looking for a man after God's own heart. Um, and then in Acts, he references David as a man after God's own heart. I mean, twice in the Bible and a lot happened in between. David was a murderer. He was an adulterer. He was, um, you know, he, he was a, um, a liar. He, he did a lot of things and big right. sins. If there, if that, there is such a thing, but how we would certainly, um, respond to those things. It's like, wow, not David, but he did. And before and after God referred to him as the same a person that had the heart that he was connected to. Why is that? Well, David was a musician and David as and most musicians would be kind of artsy, you know, they're all in their feelings. That's right. And so Love the words. whole, yeah. And so the Psalms, the bulk of those um, scriptures were written by David emoting. And I really believe that one of the reasons why David has that label is because he was honest. He was simply honest. I agree with you. And in and really in the you know in the latter half of 2019, me being able to be raw with God and to ask my questions and to say I don't understand why you're letting this happen after my mother's passing, to be free to say I I, I choose to believe that you are who you say you are, mm -hmm. but good grief, what was yeah. all that about? Yeah, you know. And for him to for me to know that he can handle my questions, that he can handle my anger, he can handle my grief, he can handle my my disappointment in him that he didn't do what we were asking him to do. And by coming to him and continuing to come to him, whatever that looks like, whether it's the disappointment, it's the grief, it's the frustration, it's the anger, or if it's just, oh, today was a rough day and I want to make sure that you know that you were, that I know that you were here for all of it and I want that to be a part of our conversation. Mm -hmm. The God of the universe has said, listen, I went through a lot of trouble to make sure that we could have fellowship. Mm. So why wouldn't I take advantage of it? Mm. It's such a good perspective, too, to even just think about the fact that David, you know, he starts these psalms so often emoting. And by the end, he really is bringing it back to this praise of God. And I tell people all the time, you know, you can do both. You can, you can be, do both. 
That's right. You can be praising God and so grateful for what he has given us and what he has done and continues to do. And at the same time, like you, be, what was that all about? Exactly. Exactly. And that he's God. So he can handle it. And I mean, really, really, this is 2020. There are a lot of people who've been talking to God for a very long time. Is there anything that I'm going to say to God that I'm going to, a question that I'm going to ask, a frustration that I'm going to have, a grief that I'm struggling to handle, you know, a disappointment that I'm, I'm struggling to deal with. Is there anything that I could say or ask God that he hasn't heard before? Probably not. Yes. Amen. I mean, (laughs) amen to that. When you think about all of time, for sure. But I think it's fair to say that most believers want this relationship with God, this closeness with Jesus. But so often, and I hear it all the time, it's the how-to, the feeling like I'm asking too much. And just like you, I'm constantly saying it is a conversation. You can have any conversation. So how do you encourage people to really move beyond that and develop these prayer habits that really lend itself to intimacy with Jesus? Well, I think that, you know, we we overcomplicate this idea of talking to God. And so if you decided that there was this, you know, as a teenager, maybe as a 20-something, um, you know, that line between millennials and Gen, Gen Z, I'm never quite clear about, but let's just say, you know, Gen Z, right? Um, people some, younger than us, Crystal. People, people younger, younger than, than us, us. I know. That's right. <laughs> um, if you were, if you were that age and you saw a cute boy and you just thought he's worth my time, nobody would have to encourage you to enter a conversation. You'd be looking for opportunities to have a conversation. Um, and if he started a conversation, you'd want to participate in it. So I think we have to say God has already started the conversation. Mm. He's already said by virtue of the sacrifice of his son and by the delivery of the word that, Hey, I want to have a conversation with you every day Mm. when the sun rises and the flowers bloom and the bird chirping, he wants to have a conversation with you. When you go to church and you hear a sermon that moves you or a podcast that sticks you right between the, you know, between the eyes and lands in your heart, when you have a devotional, that's like, Oh my gosh, how does he know that this is just what I needed to hear? Those are the, those are the times when it's God is starting the conversation. He's starting the conversation every day. So if you think God is cool, you know, if you think he's worth your time, then you talk back. You talk back. And all prayer is, is the invitation to enter into a conversation. Now there's a conversation that's happening that has nothing to do with us. You know, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit, they have each other. That's right. One being distinct, um, distinct roles and independent beings. However, as a united being, God has an opportunity for ongoing conversation that we don't have. I mean, we could have, you know, if we, like to talk to ourselves, but you understand right. what I'm saying. I, so he doesn't, he doesn't need us. He's inviting us mm. to say, hey, there are things happening in this world. And I would love for you to see what I see. I would love for you to get my perspective. I would love for you to bring me your singular perspective that engages your pain, that engages the problems that you see, that engages um, your questions, that engages your victories, um, the happy things. I want you to bring all that and submit it to how I see things so that we can include you, you know, in on what we're doing here. And so, you know, I just think we have to look at it. It's something that's already happening. It's an invitation that's already been given and you simply get to join the conversation. And if you like the boy, you talk way too long about, about nothing, (laughs) about nothing. Right. It's so true. As a teenager, my dad used to come in the room and be like, you still on the phone, get off the phone. It's late. And what were we talking about? Nothing, nothing. nothing. But, but the reality is God is like, I want to hear all about your nothing. Mm. I just want you to know that I'm interested 
in what's happening. You know, just like any conversation, I'm interested in not only what you want, what you need, what's happening in your everyday. I'm very interested in what you think about me because wouldn't that boy be interested in that too? Mm. You know, how cool he is, how good he looks, how much you celebrate what he's able to achieve. That's all that praise and thanksgiving is. If you were in a relationship and you said something that offended that boyfriend or that girlfriend or maybe even your spouse, you know that relationship is not getting very far if you're not willing to ask for forgiveness. Well, same thing with God. You cross them. It's not that he's going to zap you, but it sure would be nice if you acknowledge the fact that you offended him. Asking, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills, so why not? Ephesians says he can do exceedingly above and beyond anything that we can ask or think, so why not ask? Um, but So asking is a part of prayer. It's just not the whole thing. And then yielding, which is the last part of that acronym, praise and give thanks, P, repentance, R, asking, A, and then yielding, which is basically surrender, is saying, listen, I've praised you because you are the bee's knees. You are God almighty. I have repented. I want to get things out of the way that would, you know, inhibit my prayer from getting to you for your engagement to be full in my life. A, you told me to ask. All right. Well, if any man ask of God, he will be gracious to, you know, all those scriptures. Okay, great. I've asked. Yielding. Now that I know who you are, that I've said, I'm sorry, that I've asked for what I want. I trust you. Mm. You drive. And if you answer differently than what I'm asking you for, I'm just going to trust that you're a good, good father and that you will give good gifts to your children. And so this idea just says the conversation is more than what we want to ask for. It's an ongoing conversation that should involve the aspects of relationship, which include prayer, uh, repentance, asking, and yielding. Yeah. And that whole, like, when we talk about the conversation and, and, you know, praise, for example, It's something that really does take practice. And I don't think that I realized that so many times years ago before people would start asking me, like, what do you mean? How do you pray beyond asking? You know, now I encourage people just get in a practice of maybe go outside and look around Mm -hmm. and actually set aside time to praise God for what you see. Mm -hmm. Um, actually take time around, you know, the dinner table at night to thank God. And then it becomes so much more natural. Mm -hmm. It does, but it has to become a part of this ongoing conversation that you have with God. Ongoing conversation. If, if you wait, then it feels like burdensome. I'm coming to you because, oh my gosh, my life is falling apart and I need something for you, but I'm going to feel guilty if I don't spend a little time praising and thanking you. Let me make sure I got the repentance thing covered. It's obligatory. And this conversating with God is not supposed to be obligatory. It's supposed to be relational. Just enjoy the conversation. Today's episode is sponsored by With Love Bomi. With Love Bomi is a small local business located in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. They design handcrafted leather jewelry and accessories, as well as custom stationery for personal use and special events. The pieces are inspired by faith and simple things around us. Their mission is to create pieces that accentuate beauty, communicates worth, and to make room for fellow women crafters who may otherwise not have the opportunity or the platform to showcase their craft. With Love Bomi hopes the care and craftsmanship put into every piece tells you how you too have been uniquely crafted with intentional inspiration and beauty that highlights just how lovely you are. You can see and purchase these pieces at withlovebomi.com. That's withlove, B-O-M-I.com. Now, back to today's episode. When we're really waiting 
on God to answer us. How do you, how have you in the past had peace in the waiting? You know, it all comes down to trust. You know, Mm. my kids ask me the same question a million times because they don't believe that I said I was going to give an answer and I will. So they feel like they have to remind me. That may sometimes be a good thing. And all the mamas said, amen. uh And I'm like, but I tell them, you know, you can can remind me that I told you, you can ask me again about playing video games at four o'clock. Don't come at four then. But anyway. Yes. And that's reasonable. It's reasonable that if they ask for something and they want something and I'm not answering, that they would want to ask me again. So first of all, there's nothing wrong with asking again. Hmm. A part of praying is that I'm, I'm reminding you, God, about what I ask you for. Not that he needs reminding, but. I want to let you know that I still want that. I want to yeah. communicate that to you. Yeah. But apart from asking again in the waiting, you just have to say that if God is saying wait, it's because he's saying yes. If God is saying no, it's because he's saying yes. Maybe not yes to what I ask for, but yes to something that's for my good. And I really believe that if you can envision him as a parent, not even a father, because I know some people don't have great father mm-hmm. figures or, you know, but I would say, or mother, and sometimes the mother isn't great either. But if you can at least picture God as a parent who, if he tried to explain it to you, you wouldn't be able to understand. Because yeah. a lot of times the reason why we make our kids wait is because there are things that we're working out, but they don't even understand. That's right. The explanation wouldn't make sense to them. They don't have the perspective that we have. So if you decide in advance to say, you know what? God is a good father. He's making me wait. I don't like this but I'm going to keep rehearsing the truth. He's a good father. He's a good father. He's a good father. So waiting for me involves a lot of self-talk about what I believe about God when I don't see it and when he's taking a lot longer than I would like for him to. Yeah. Always going back to the character of God. Always. Yeah. I mean, it always starts with who he is. Yeah. I was talking to my son just a couple of weeks ago and he said something that, that really is not relevant to this conversation, but I had said to him, but what do you know to be true about God? And, you know, that brought up this whole conversation and even good reminders for me that, yes, in the waiting, if we just remember all the ways he's been faithful or various promises or just who he is, um, it certainly brings a different level of peace than what we can get on our own. Mm -hmm. It does. And so that's why you have to spend time in God's word to remind yourself Mm -hmm. about who he is. This is why community is so important because through the testimony of other people, you're strengthened. This is why you shouldn't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, even if that means assembling via Zoom or, you know, online streaming or whatever, because it is the connection with other saints. It's the connection with other people who are going to remind you of who you are and what God can do um, in their you know, in their time of trouble, how he's come through as a testimony for them. Those things help buoy you up when you are struggling to wait. That's right. They sure do. Well, why do our prayers matter for more than just us? I've heard so many people say, I'm here to where I am today because I had a praying mother Uh or praying grandmother. Um, God can move. If, If the heart of the king, the Bible says, is in the hands of God, how much more than that the hearts of your children or your coworkers or your spouse? And there's a lot of lip service that we try to give to different things. And what we realize is that we're serving with our lips too much. If you've lived for any length of time, you know that we talk a lot more usually than we should. Um, Listening is the better (laughs) skill. But in addition to listening and talking when needed, prayer is the way of engaging with God in the heavenlies about people, processes. Um, It's the way to engage with God as it relates to people, uh, processes that allows you to have a word in without getting a word in. 
because God can move their hearts. He can move their minds and he can cause your prayers to activate. Maybe you're not the one to make the statement, but maybe somebody else is. Yeah. And that's why you're a grandmother or a mother saying, you know, well, this happened and I have been praying for that a long time. You're like, how did mm-hmm. that happen? Because they were praying. Because if they'd said it, the person wouldn't have listened. Mm-hmm. It's so, so true. You know, for your children, for your spouse, for your neighbors, for your community, there are some things that God will only do through prayer. Mm-hmm. Well, and I have said it, anybody who's listening and has listened to my show from the beginning knows that, I mean, I've said time and time again, like my mother-in-law's prayers, they saved my soul. I mean, Jesus saved my soul, <laughs> but my mother-in-law's prayers um, definitely played a crucial role in that long before she knew who I was. Mm, mm, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we hear that, Mm -hmm. like you said, all the time you hear people say, oh, well, I prayed for this. And then, you know, 25 years later, it happens and you're like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) that's incredible. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, I think in our heads, you know, we envision the prayer warrior or somebody other than us. But what if the prayer warrior was just praying to God all day long and maybe in a spiral notebook and making a list of things that she wanted to remember to pray about? Yeah, that's what my grandmother did. It was just a notebook, torn up, the the wiring coming all off. But that's she would right. say, "Did has God answered this prayer? Do you have this thing? And or has this has this come through?" And I'd say, "Oh yeah." And she said, "Well, listen, you have to tell me because I, I have to check it off. off. I got to mark it off." <laughs> and I love it. I just absolutely love that because um, it reminds me of George Mueller. You know, he prayed so much in that way, and he always wrote beside of it like the date when things were answered. And it is, it's a way of calling out God's faithfulness. It is. It absolutely is. And and where do you think generational faithfulness comes from? Where do we think spiritual maturity comes from? Where do we think that people of faith come from? They're people who do this thing right here. They actually pray enough to have a track record of things God has done in result to their prayers, in response to their prayers. So you got to start somewhere. And and aren't those the people, those people that we do call prayer warriors that we're reaching out to, you know, like, oh, so-and-so, I know she's a prayer warrior. I'm going to reach out to her and ask her to pray for that. And so it's us. That's right. So if you've been waiting on somebody in your life to be the prayer warrior for you, not that there still can't be, maybe the question is, instead of who's prayer warrioring for me, the question is, who am I the prayer warrior for? Yes. Because the only thing that makes you a prayer warrior is the fact that you pray. And that your life is marked consistent prayer. That when people say, can you pray for me? You actually will do it. That's right. I just say, I'll pray for you. I mean, but I I think we overcomplicate it. It doesn't mean you have to be on your knees for two hours. It just means you talk to God about what you said you were going to talk to God about. (laughs) Well, and so often if somebody asks me that, like I'm barely leaving the conversation before I'm just praying for them right then. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, in exactly. my mind, because like you said, it's a daily ongoing conversation with God. It's not something, you know, I can only do that when I go kneel in my closet. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's value in that as well, but it can be anywhere. Well, Crystal, I usually end the show with this question, which is if you had the opportunity to sit down with your great grandchildren, what is some wisdom that you would like to share with them? <laughs> I know, right? Two things. Number one, listen to your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Listen to your parents. Um, They are in the faith, your brothers and sisters in Christ, but they have a head start. Mm -hmm. And there are simply things in life that they know you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, unless what they're saying to you as you get older disagrees with what God's word says to you, be obedient. It'll be a blessing to your life. Mm -hmm. And in the same vein, whoever in your life has prayed for you, ask them what their prayer life looks like. 
Ask them how do they record their prayer requests. Ask them how often do they talk to God and about what. Ask them have they had got opportunities where God has uh, answered their prayer requests in miraculous ways. Ask yeah. them yeah. so that you never forget. You never forget the journey that people that you love have had to have had to um, go through as it relates to prayer and their relationship with God. But it will strengthen you regardless of what the days come. So, two things: learn how to pray because it will help you in your life. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, if you're younger, and I'm talking to great grandchildren here, obey your parents. Yes. Obey your parents. Yes. Well, where can everybody best connect with you? For the book on prayer, you can simply go to crystalevanshurst.com forward slash pray and everything you need there will be there. You can follow me also on social media everywhere at Crystal Hurst and that's Crystal with a C-H like Christopher, C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L. And you can find out what I'm up to. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure when this actually launches, it will be your launch day. So I'll just go ahead and say in advance, congratulations on your (laughs) next book. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So any aha moments for you during today's conversation with Crystal Hurst? I hope so. I know after I had this conversation, the way that I thought about prayer and just spending time with Jesus was really impacted. So as we close out today, I do want to remind you to jump over to Instagram and Facebook and join the conversation at Grace Enough Podcast underscore Amber. As always, thank you for listening. I'll meet you back here next Tuesday as I sit down with my mother-in-law, Sandy Cullum, to discuss her journey with Jesus, both the mountains and the valleys. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time. This episode was brought to you in part by United We Pray. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to praying and thinking about racial strife, especially between Christians. Come join us in praying for the unity of God's people.